Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. We live in a world where the news is at our fingertips, where we're one click or swipe away from the latest headlines. But how often do we stop swiping and scrolling and just listen? It's the difference between knowing what's in the headlines and understanding how it got there. I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take, Al Jazeera's daily news podcast, where we bring you the context and the people behind the global stories that matter. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's Tanya. Hey, it's Jesse calling. Hey, how are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm well. Is this, uh, is this still a good time to talk? Yeah, it's totally perfect. Thanks for asking me. This is this is great. Although I feel like I'm really boring. <laughs> I don't know what you really wanna... <sighs> oh my god! I think we all feel like we are, like you know. But it's incre- It's nobody actually is when. Anyhow, <laughs> are, are you are you holding up okay? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm good. You know, um, I think at the at the beginning it was really tough. Honestly, I have to say, probably the first three weeks, I couldn't get my head into anything creatively, like all. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, I, I used to, as you as you know, I was a reporter at the Toronto Star for many years. And um, for some of those years, I was a health reporter and I covered SARS. Um, I was one of the main reporters covering SARS. Um, and I was having some flashbacks to that. Cause at the beginning, that's what it felt like. You know, watching mm-hmm. public health make statements every day, um, since the health minister, premier making statements, um, and just how it was all unfolding. It sounded a lot like SARS. And then, um, but of course, this is far, far worse. I don't miss not being in a newsroom right now, I have to say, although I guess no one is in a newsroom anymore, but yeah, it was, that was, it was hard. You know, it was, it was a hard experience. Um, it was good because I, I find it. You know, you're right in the middle of something that's a breaking news and nobody knows where it's going to go with this, you know, horrible virus that shows up. 44 people died, I think, in Toronto. That was the final number of it. I didn't know that you covered that. I I didn't live in Toronto at the time. I was pregnant with my daughter at the time. Uh, and, Are you serious? Yeah. And it was it was really hard. Um, you know, I was going to briefings. We weren't sure about infection control measures. You know, should we wear masks? Should we even go to press briefings? And I was at the Star doing coverage for SARS. At the Globe and Mail was Lisa Priest and Carolyn Abraham. And they were also pregnant. And I remember that they were told, you can't go to the press briefings anymore. (laughs) I was still going to the press briefings and doing everything. Um, And uh, yeah, I remember that clearly about, you know, Growing and growing as the um, as SARS was happening, it was uh, it was an interesting time. Oh my God! <laughs> well, where are, where are you now? Where, where are you, and, and what does it look like where you are? Um, I'm staring out the window, which is what I do a lot nowadays. 
um, sitting in the kitchen and my kids are at home. My son, um, when things started to get bad, I went to go pick him up. He goes to, um, he goes to Carleton University. So I, I drove to Ottawa to get him. And I have a daughter um, who is, um, um, she is 16 and she's in grade 11. I feel so much for all of the kids, you know, the kids that are experiencing grade 12. This is their last year and wow. also experiencing university and also the kids um, up north that uh, haven't been able to go back to Thunder Bay to go to high school, um, you know, and are, are at home. And, you know, everyone's life has just completely changed. Do you think about the, the, the kids in Thunder Bay? Like uh, I think about the kids who are in, in care and the DFC mm-hmm. kids, yeah. did, did, did they fly back home? Are they with their foster families or their, their care families? Uh, I've, I've, I've wondered throughout this where they're at, but I haven't, I haven't done the actual work to find out. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I know, they're largely at home in their home communities right now. That's good. Um, yeah. So that is good, you know, that, um, but things have changed, you know, and not, um, not everybody can do remote learning, you know, housing conditions aren't the best for everybody, so, you know, especially if you've got like lots of people living in your house, it's hard to do online learning. Um, and even having the means to do that, like um, the technology and the bandwidth and yeah, it's um, yeah, this, this virus is a bitch for sure. Inequality is really screaming through loud and clear here. Yeah. It, it amplifies that. Yeah. A hundred percent. I'd like to ask you about your behavior. Like what's the weirdest thing you've, you've started doing uh, or like just things that this has sort of forced you to do or, or that you found yourself doing organizing myself. That's forced me. It sounds, that's going to sound weird to you, but I have piles. Um, I live in a really small house and um, I have piles in my house, um, in my room. Um, I wrote seven fallen feathers and all the relations uh, from my dining room table, essentially, or from my, uh, my bedroom. And so I have like, honestly, I've got all these court decisions. I've got all these files in like stacks on the floor um, and books piled everywhere. And you just, you honestly just didn't know which way to look sometimes, you know, if I was looking for something and I've actually gone through it all and filed it away. Now, I don't know if you think that's weird behavior, but if anyone who knows me will know that's weird behavior (laughs) because I'm totally not organized whatsoever. It took me about, like I was saying earlier, about three weeks to sort of get my head around what was going on. And then, and then I organized. Then I did that. I cleaned my piles. Um, I threw out things I didn't need anymore. And then after I did that, I was able to start writing again. I think that the primary thing that people are, um, are acting from is, is uh, you know, for others, uh, be it like for your, the sacrifices we're making for community as mm-hmm. citizens and then within family units. I think people are really mm-hmm. finding their best selves and, and trying to tolerate minor annoyances and do rescue missions to Ottawa, whatever it takes. Right. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what is the most selfish thing you've done to even out the scales of all that other behavior? I was going to have a pretty big year in a way this year with um, my book, All Our Relations, was being released in Australia, just has been released in Australia and in um, the United Kingdom. Mm -hmm. 
So I was, I was pretty pumped about the, the latter end of the year going to these literary festivals that, you know, um, first I'd never heard of before. Then when I heard of them, they were just like, wow, this is so cool. And I can't believe they actually want me to go and talk to them about all of our stories. And it was such an incredible opportunity. And um, everything was, you know, has been gone and canceled. And I think that, um, you know, I went into a little bit of, somebody said there's a grieving period too, about how your life has changed. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really true. You know, I grieve for that, um, for what was coming down the road, um, and also inability to as quickly go to Thunder Bay. You know, um, I think about that a lot. You know, now I can, I can jump in a car and like drive there and it'll be two days and I'll get there. But it was so much easier before. <laughs> I just sure. don't. I don't mean to sound 100% privileged by saying that, but you know, I I was I was going back and forth quite a bit, um, and a lot of us do. Um, you know, a lot of us um, went back and forward on. Um, you can take a plane, and it's like two hours. Oh, yeah. yeah, right. You know, yeah. um, and I'm 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 missing that in a big way, and I'm, I I don't know how. Um, when that's going to come back and even just, you know, I'm trying to think of in the summer, well, when can I get up there? Like I had stuff planned uh, that we were going to do this summer and is that still going to happen? And I'm really hopeful that it will. And when you asked me about mm-hmm. indulgences and, you know, what have I been doing? It's hard to, you know, I drink, drink coffee and wine. I think those are my big indulgences. Yeah. You know, you switch from one to the other. It's like you start your day with a, all this coffee and um, my daughter bought a little frother. And so now we can froth our milk. So we feel pretty indulgent about that. Having to give up a, a, a book tour through Australia and the UK. That sucks. I'm sorry. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. It was like one of those wow moments. It's like, really, this is really going to happen. But of course it didn't, which is so typical. No. <laughs> I think that's typical me. Of course it's not going to happen. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. All right. Last question. Tanya, what is something that you think might never, ever be the same after this? I hope that we're going to see our relationship with the earth in a different way than we do now. You know, before we thought of nothing to um, to hop on a plane and to travel. Um, you know, and here I was just talking about globalization, you know, and me going to Australia, to the UK. And it was, people did that all the time. And nobody thought anything of traveling that way. We've just treated the earth like a trash bin. And I think that this um, coronavirus is going to make us wake up to the longer game problem of climate change. And it's coming. And we better respect the earth and realize that we are part of the earth. Our spirit, you know, we're tied to the land and the trees and to the squirrel I'm looking at right now. We're all in this together, and I hope that's going to change. I think that's the one thing that's going to change. I think we're going to have a different world, definitely. I think travel's going to be different. I think this is a good pause for all of us. Have you noticed, like, wildlife returning to the cities? I'm getting friends sending me pictures of foxes. I'm just noticing birds and squirrels. It feels like they know that we've let our guard down, and they're taking it back. I don't know if that's, if we, if that's true or if it's, we're just listening to them now. You know, um, I love listening to birds when I'm walking now because I can hear more of them now than before. Uh-huh. And 
have they always been there? We just never noticed them. And I don't, I don't know. Um, I would hope so though. It's like, I know I do, I do get a guilty pleasure out of watching the goats returning to that city in Wales, you know, and just totally taking over on YouTube. I don't know if you've seen that, but it's awesome. You know, and if that's happening, fucking right. (laughs) It's nice talking to you. It's really nice talking to you and see, I told you I was boring. (laughs) Are you you kidding? Disagree. (laughs) Hard disagree.